Welcome to the politicalbetting.com Polling Matters podcast. My name is Kieran Pedley. Now on this week's podcast we're going to do something slightly different. On the one hand not that different because we're going to be looking at some Polling Matters opinion results but we're going to be focusing on a specific question which you don't tend to see that very much of on a, on a sort of day-to-day or week-to-week basis. Today we're going to be talking about just how popular individual politicians are in Britain among the general public. And we're not going to be talking just about Theresa May and Jeremy Corbyn, although I suspect they may come up, but we're going to be talking about a whole host of politicians um, too. And I'm joined by Leo Barassi, a fellow podcaster to crunch some of the numbers. Leo, welcome to the show. Hello, Kieran. So let's get on with it. So one of the things we've done this week, just for the benefit of listeners, you were of course involved in designing this, Leo, um, was we looked at, um, on a 10-point scale, how favourable or unfavourable the public were to different politicians. So just to be really clear, on a scale of 0 to 10, where 0 means you are extremely unfavourable, and 10 means you are extremely favourable, how favourable or unfavourable are you towards the following politicians? Now I'm just going to skittle through them quickly, just for the benefit of transparency. So we had uh, Diane Abbott, Michael Gove, Nicola Sturgeon, Arlene Foster, Amber Rudd, Emily Thornbury, Ed Miliband, Philip Hammond, Yvette Cooper, Vince Cable, um, Theresa May, of course, uh, Jeremy Corbyn, David Davis, Keir Starmer, Boris Johnson, Sadiq Khan and Ruth Davidson. I've tried to randomise them a bit to to not give away the punchline. But we asked on a 10-point scale how favourable or unfavourable people were towards those politicians um, and gave a don't-know option uh, as well. And I mean, let's start with that that don't-know option, really, Leo. I guess the hardest thing for politicos like us is realising that not everyone you know knows who these people are, let alone has an opinion on them. Yeah, it's an important thing to get across. I mean, we've picked uh, 17 of the most prominent politicians in the UK. Um, in general, people largely know who they are and have opinion, but there are some of them for whom they don't. So um, uh, in fact, only a small number of them have more than 90% of people uh, giving an opinion. Most most of them, it's something like 70 to 80% or so are able to give an opinion. Now, I think it's important we bear in mind that doesn't mean how popular they could ever be. So uh, if and when we get on to thinking about future leaders of parties, then we shouldn't be looking at this and thinking this is sort of um, what's, what's, what's going to happen in the end. So it's important to remember that this is just how people see them at the moment with the knowledge that they currently have. And lots of people just don't know much about some of them. Yes, as I put some numbers to that, Keir Starmer, 48% don't know uh, who he is. Emily Thornbury, maybe surprisingly, given she's the Shadow Foreign Secretary, maybe not, 45% don't know who she is. Arlene Foster, 38% don't know. Ruth Davidson, 34%. Yvette Cooper, 31%. So, yeah, there are some big names in Westminster who aren't and, necessarily and well known. Incidentally there, Kieran, that 38% on Arlene Foster, that, I mean, that was that's the first surprising number that we've mentioned. The fact that 62% reckon they've got an opinion on Arlene Foster, that was a bit of a surprise to me. I wouldn't have expected that. I mean, you've got to have been paying attention to politics if, you, if you're in Britain to have heard of her, really. Yeah, although one suspects she is the the DUP lady. Um, I mean, I don't know. We'll, we'll come on to some of the numbers though, actually, in a moment, and see what what people what people thought. So, um, yeah, as we know, public opinion can be fluid on individuals. Some of these people, like Emily Thornbury and Keir Starmer, who've got forties forty odd percent, almost half of the public not knowing who they are or not being able to state an opinion, um, is probably a more accurate way of describing it. Shows that you know they may they may be high profile. Um, but there's a long way to go before their views on them are set. 
So let's go through some of the numbers then. So there's a whole host of politicians. Um, listeners will be glad to know I'm not just going to read out all their scores. But one of the ways we've looked at these numbers is we've looked at the percentage of people that gave a top three box, as we say in the industry score. So it means just basically an eight, eight out of 10, nine out of 10 or 10 out of 10. So these are like really favorable uh, towards uh, these people. And our top five in descending order, so David Davis is fifth with 14%. Sadiq Khan um, on 17% is, is fourth. Boris Johnson, 18% is third. Theresa May is second with 19% in the top three box. And Jeremy Corbyn, number one with 29%. What do you make of these numbers, Leo? Ah, oh, comfortable uh, win for Corbyn then. I mean, that's, that's a big gap. Easily the most popular frontline politician. So 29%, uh, so less than the Labour vote share, but still a substantial fraction giving him a score of eight, eight out of 10 or more. Um, and the fact that that's, well, 12 points more more than May, so well over 50% more than May has. So that's a really big gap. I mean, you know, let's let's give Corbyn credit and people who say he's the most popular politician in Britain. That rural number alone looks like they're right, really. Well, they are right. I mean, I think that's, um, that, that is, as you say, quite a convincing lead. And who, who would have thought we'd be saying this a couple of months ago? I think if we'd done this poll... You know, six months ago, we probably would have had Theresa May storming it, wouldn't we? In fact, we did, didn't we? I mean, I don't think we had this particular question wording, but I remember us doing a podcast where we looked at the past prime ministers and how whether they did a good or bad job. And Margaret Thatcher was head and shoulders above the, the prime ministers of the last 30 years, but Theresa May was right there with her with that positive rating. So, I mean, kudos to Jeremy Corbyn, absolutely. But also, I suppose, shows just what a battering Theresa May's taken. Yeah, but let's bear in mind as well. I mean, the comparison that you just gave there is a bit of a different thing. So what we're talking about here is favorability, how much these people are liked. That's obviously not the same thing as how well they would see uh, they are seen to be able to do a particular job. So we know that other questions that ask who would be the best prime minister doesn't show the same gap between May and Corbyn as we've got here. So, you know, let's let's just remember that that's this isn't quite saying that that this means that Corbyn is comfortably the person that people most want to be prime minister. This is uh, about how much they like him or how how favourable, to be precise, they are to him as opposed to to May. And you know, going back to the Thatcher reference um, when we looked at which prime minister would seem to have done the best job in recent years. Again, that's not the same as saying that people were favourable to her. It's just they think they're competent and. In a way, that's a bit of a Tory Labour difference. Perhaps yeah. the Tories can get away with being sort of not liked but competent. Something we see quite often, isn't it? And it should be emphasised, actually, when you see, even now, when you see forced um, choices between Theresa May and Jeremy Corbyn, who would you prefer to be Prime Minister? Uh, Theresa May still tends to, to, to lead on that measure, although nowhere near as much as she once did and usually in the sort of upper upper single digits. But yeah, I mean, it's worth pointing out, as you say, that just because you're the most popular doesn't mean that you're guaranteed to be in number 10, but still a really, really positive uh, position for Corbyn to be in. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I think we've got to also look at the other side of his numbers. So uh, absolutely clear Corbyn is the most popular. But it's another thing here that he's also the most polarising. So um, what have we got? 29% gave him 8, 9 or 10 out of 10. But 34% gave him 0, 1 or 2. And that makes him uh, as disliked, as it were. So as many people said that they quite strongly dislike him, as currently say the same about Boris Johnson. And in fact, he's only slightly less disliked than Theresa May is. 
So if, if you want to sort of as a measure of polarization, you can put his sort of eight, nine and 10 and zero, one and two together. And you've got 62% say have quite a strong opinion of him. So put him at the, the margins of the scale. Um, and that makes him the most polarizing politician of all the ones we tested. So Theresa May's next with 57%. But um, for, for the fact that Corbyn is the most popular, he is also quite widely unpopular. Well, you're not going to need to convince me that, he's, that Corbyn mania is slightly overstated. Although what I should say is if you look at that, um, again, top three minus bottom threes, so you've been talking about the zero ones and twos versus the eight, nine and tens. So if we were just going to look at those, so the strength of feeling, if you like, um, Corbyn would be on minus five because 34% choose a top a bottom three box, 29 choose a top three box. So if you subtract one from the other, that's minus five. If you do the same thing with Theresa May, she ends on minus 19. Um, 38% have a negative, uh, a zero one or give her a zero one or two on favorability. 19% give her a positive, uh, a sort of really positive. So um, again, I mean, I think that this only adds weight really that you know to the, to the idea that Theresa May is a dead woman walking. Although is she? Because if we look at some of the other Tories that, we, that are on our list, none of them really stand out as particularly popular, do they? Yeah, that's right. I mean, Theresa May is as according to this, the most popular frontline Tory. She has the most fans, the most people give her eight, nine or 10 out of any of the Tories we've tested. Um, and I think it's fair to say we probably tested everyone who might plausibly be up there. I don't think you could really look at the list and, and sort of seriously say, well, what about this person or that person? So I think it's fair to say from our numbers, Theresa May is the most popular senior Tory in the country. That said, she is also one of the most disliked. She has one of the highest zero, one or two scores. Um, she has 38%. And that puts her only only Michael Gove of the Tories that we tested. Uh, he has more people, 40%, uh, saying that they quite strongly dislike her than say the same about Theresa May. So again, it's a polarisation thing. I mean, one of the things that really strikes me is the... Um the fall in popularity of Boris Johnson. I mean, this won't be new news to listeners, of course, um, but 18% put him in an 8, 9 or 10, 33% 0, 1 or 2. I mean, there was a time a couple of years ago where he was head and shoulders above everybody else. I guess it just shows how public opinion can be fickle on these measures if we see Boris Johnson was the most popular, then Theresa May was, and then now Jeremy Corbyn is. But, I mean, him nailing his colours to the Brexit mast has maybe it's made him foreign secretary i guess he wants to be prime minister but um it's not he's not uh, adored now in the eyes of the public anymore is he right well it says something about this concept of of teflon that you know you hear from time to time i mean he had years of being able to do all these things that no politician seemed to be able to get away with and you know say uh say rude and uh, things and be incompetent and, and stuff like that and you know get uh, seem to be able to get away with it and then you can get away with it till one day you can't and it mm. uh, catches up with you um i want to pick up on something you 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 mentioned a sort of may looking uh looking like a dead uh, dead woman walking um if you dig into wh- how uh, where she gets her ratings from so tory voters um are giving her 8, 9 or 10. And that's way ahead of any of the others. So Johnson is next. And that's only 40%. So that's a big gap among Mm. people who are currently voting for the party. So, I mean, she's not doing it. uh, Theresa May is not doing great 
um, in the country overall, only 19%. But it sort of feels, looking at that, that if she were to be got rid of by her cabinet, there's going to be a lot of Tory voters who think that that was the wrong thing to do because they still liked her. And there certainly isn't anyone else who who dared clamouring to take over. Um, and I think the absence of Johnson as a popular alternative or anyone like Johnson is is pretty striking here, that there isn't a sense of uh, a rival being more popular than the leader. Yeah, and I mean, Ruth Davidson is someone that's always mentioned, but of course she's not in Westminster and it's not clear that she wants to be. I mean, I always say to people that it looks to me like um, she wants to be First Minister of Scotland, right? That's what she wants to do. Her, her, her cause seems to be taking on um, Scottish nationalism, which um, yeah, at the moment she seems to be winning in, in the sense of you know another referendum doesn't seem imminent, but who knows which direction um, that will go in. I suppose this does, and um, before we go on to the um, who maybe some of the losers are in this contest, the, the situation with Theresa May does show that um, it's not obvious who her success is going to be, doesn't it? I mean, it raises this question of whether there'll be someone from the... Um, 2010 or 2015 or intake that might might sort of rise to prominence um a la david cameron who seemed to come out of nowhere um at the time but can that really happen when you're in government i mean it, surely it's different when someone's got to come from nowhere to be prime minister but then people are talking about skipping the generation partly because there isn't really anybody in the cabinet that they want to hang their hat on yeah, I think uh, at the very least, what these numbers show is that the race is more open than it might otherwise be. There certainly isn't a group of popular front bench experienced people who the membership, I mean, OK, the membership is different from voters. And I think Con Home have started looking at this and, and are getting their numbers. And I think David Davis is is doing well in those. Mm, but, yeah. you know, the 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 point is this this isn't sort of one one of those races where where there's someone who is is looking fairly unbeatable um i mean in normal so, circumstances yeah, yeah, I, I would uh, I, I would say look at damian green because he's sort of coming up on the rails as uh, someone that's going to be more and more prominent and maybe the, the sort of john major candidate i don't know if that's the right comparison but a sort of consensus person but i don't know like the more he's tied with the government i mean surely the tory's best bet is to have someone clean and new and fresh well well right and any individual's tactics here have to be clean and new i mean the the way to win a tory leadership race is to not be the front runner isn't it mm. and uh we didn't i don't think we actually tested andrea ledson but uh that's my big terrifying fear which people dismiss but uh yeah don't say i didn't warn you uh, if it does happen but um <laughs> i always I always remind people 84 conservative mps looked at the candidates available after Brexit and said, Andrea Leadsom, that's our woman. We want her to be prime minister. So, hey, who, who knows what's going to happen? Um, let's, let's talk about some of the less popular ones. I mean, do you want to take this? I mean, I guess we can look at it from the sort of bottom three scores. But there, there was a standout person that seemed to be the most unpopular, wasn't there? Yeah, and I kind of... Well, I suppose it depends feel, on how you calculate it, but go on. Well, I mean, I feel, I feel a bit uncomfortable about this. Diane Abbott is easily, well, is Britain's most unpopular frontline politician. Uh, so 43% uh, have put her in the bottom three before you Before you go on, Leo, can I just caveat that? We didn't test anybody from UKIP, which was uh, an oversight on our part. Although actually, probably quite a damning indictment of the state of the party right now. So maybe if we'd throw... Yeah, I think, I think I'm safe when I say frontline there. Oh, yeah, yeah. But maybe if we'd thrown Nigel Farage in, for example, I don't know, 
I, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. So, so my suggestion of front line is perhaps uh, cover, is the, that phrase is doing a lot of work there. But um, okay. So of of perhaps I should rephrase it. Of the seventeen that we tested, um, Diane Abbott has forty three percent giving her a score of zero, one, and two. Um, and certainly among Labour and Tory figures, that's fairly comfortably the worst. Michael Gove, as I mentioned, is 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 similar, but there isn't really anyone else that close. Um, it really struck me the size of this difference between her and Emily Thornberry. Uh, sort of feel they're two uh, experienced, uh, prominent Corbyn supporting well-educated, experienced spokeswomen. But their scores are so different. So they have pretty much the same popularity score. So 8, 9 and 10, they've both got uh, about the same 7 for Thornbury, 8 for Abbott. But their unpopularity is vastly different. Um, And that's really driven by the fact that Thornbury has so many people saying that they don't know who she is. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know why that is. You know, I mean, there's... Uh, there's obviously the potential that this is a racial component. Um, we can't prove that from from this poll, but it certainly makes me very uncomfortable uh, seeing how unpopular she is. Well, let's take a, a different tact with some of these numbers because you right, you rightly identify that don't knows can have an impact on the percentages you get for a eight, nine, and ten, or zero, one, and two. But we also did look at the mean scores, um, and I don't want to overcomplicate how we look at these numbers. But basically, what we did was we took the don't knows out. And just out of everybody that gave an opinion, we, we saw what their average score, what the average score of people was, basically. So um, we'll, we'll come to the top of the top of the tree in a moment. But Jeremy Corbyn was top of the tree with 4.7. Uh, Diane Abbott was bottom with 2.8. Emily Thornbury um, had 3.8. So in, in, in the grand scheme of the politicians that we tested, Emily Thornbury kind of in the middle, but maybe maybe closer to the Diane Abbott when you factor in who actually could give a response than... When, when you just let don't knows uh, be part of the total base. But I, I was surprised actually by Emily Thornbury's numbers in the sense that there was there were so many don't knows because, I mean, she is shadow foreign secretary and maybe that's just Kieran the Politico being really naive. But she feels like if you follow politics at all, she's uh, she's everywhere. But then maybe she's only on Radio 4 and these sorts of places where you maybe don't see her as much on the BBC and Sky News I don't I, or, or wherever you might casually see these people if you don't really deliberately follow this stuff. But I, Well, right. right. Yeah. And the, the other person who's got a standout high don't know is Keir Starmer, who's got 48%, uh, which is, again, it's interesting, you know, one, one of Labour's most, most prominent spokespeople uh, just doesn't doesn't have a cut through in terms of people feeling that they know who he is enough to have an opinion on him. Yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Um, although I, I definitely think um, Emily Thornberry seems maybe it's the podcast I listen to, but she seems to be on every fortnight on one of them. I can't remember which one it is. The week at Westminster, maybe. Um, but yeah, we're looking at some of the others that are unpopular. Um, Michael Gove stands out with a three point two mean score. He's not. He's not far. He's not far <laughs> ahead of Diana, but. Um, yeah. Arlene Foster's at 2.9 Nicola Sturgeon at 3.3 um, yeah, alluded Sturge, to her Sturgeon earlier. is interesting I mean she's got 42% putting her in the, the bottom three um, which is nearly as bad as Diane Abbott's I mean I think you've got to look at the Scottish numbers separately for that um, I think uh, it's clear that, the, that she has um, uh, like Alex come to exemplify in England the sense of uh, Scotland having a grievance uh, you know, that's that's not an opinion I'm stating but but rather how, how she's being presented 
And but then if you look at the her numbers in Scotland separately, they're very, very different. She has 35 percent top three and only 36 percent bottom three. So actually, if you net those, she does better than Corbyn. Now, major caveat the Scottish sample here is small. It's not specifically sampled and weighted to be representative of Scotland. So treat those numbers with care. But I think you can certainly look at that and say, OK, she does very badly in Britain. But when you factor in the people whose votes matter to her, it's a very different kettle of fish. And, and, and looking at these um, numbers in their totality, trying to bring it all together, um, if we go back to these mean scores, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll tweet out... Um, the actual image that shows where everyone fits in this league table. So just to clarify, bottom uh, top five: Corbyn four point seven, Khan four point six, Ruth Davidson four point three, Johnson four, Boris Johnson four point two, David Davis four point two, and then bottom five: Amber Rudd three point seven, Nicholas Sturgeon three point three, Gove three point two, Foster two point nine, Diane Abbott two point eight. I suppose another way of looking at these numbers, Leo, is that everyone's mean score is below five. It doesn't seem to be, I mean, yes, Jeremy Corbyn's the most popular politician, but none of these politicians are particularly popular, are they? Yeah, there's no one, no one wildly popular. Um, I think it, just just before I, um, I comment on that, um, it's, it's interesting. We haven't mentioned him. Sadiq Khan is doing quietly quite well here. Mm. Um, it's sort of his numbers aren't standout exceptional. He's only got 17 percent giving him top three, but he's sort of quietly and by, by some gap, the second most popular Labour figure here, um, 17% uh, top three among the general public, 29% among Labour voters. Sort of interesting that um, in amongst it all, uh, he has, despite absolutely not positioning himself as a Corbynite, been able to, to resist the damage that, has, that the rest of the, the senior, senior Labour figures have done. And it's not, and it's not a don't, and it's not a don't know issue because sixteen only sixteen percent don't know, meaning that eighty four percent give an opinion on, yeah, on Sadiq Khan. So his name recognition yeah. is there. Yeah, um, but on your point about the sort of the standout popularity, um, I think I think you're absolutely right. Uh, it's it's clear that there's nobody who's who's especially loved. Um, I thought that it would be useful to get a bit of context with this, so I had a look back at. Um, a poll from about five years ago, an Ashcroft poll that asked similar question. I chose uh, one from October 2012 as it was sort of roughly two two years after the last election. We're sort of roughly two years from 2015 when there were various uh, seismic changes in politics, including at the Labour Party. So I thought reasonable uh, time to compare. I mean, on that popularity point, um, Corbyn now is st- is the standout most popular of anyone in this poll and that poll with the highest eight nine and ten out of ten and also ten out of ten so if you just want the people who absolutely love him with one exception and that exception we've talked about him is boris johnson hmm. who in 2012 was a little more popular eight nine and ten out of ten and quite a lot less unpopular zero one and two in 2012 than Corbyn is now so so interesting that the sort of you know as, as some context of of how widespread Corbyn mania is now it's a little less than Johnson mania or Boris mania was five years ago that will go down well with some people Leo putting it in those terms um 
Yeah, I, I mean, the fall of Boris we've commented on is really interesting. We should give Corbyn his due, though. I mean, if you look at some of the numbers um, with young people, you know, what, what, you know, what drives his scores, Labour voters, you might expect. But, you know, he's got 5.9 with young people and, you know, a, a decent sort of name recognition there. By young people, I mean sort of 18 to 35s. So I'm still classing myself as young. Um, <laughs> Holding on there, Karen. Clinging on there desperately, yeah. Um, but no, I mean, you know, he's obviously um, in a good, in a, in a strong position, even if he's yet to make that uh, stunning breakthrough, if you like, in the uh, in, in the polls. I think Labour are a couple of points ahead at the moment. I want to change tack slightly for the last few minutes, Leo. Um, just, just just popped into my head. I mean, we had another intervention from Tony Blair, didn't we? Um, sort of, what was it, over the weekend last week? Um, one of his welcome uh, clamoured for... Uh, sort of political interventions. Um, the nation pauses and listens seriously. Yes, and decides. Well, if Tony Blair says this, then maybe we should uh, we should should take whatever course of action he said. I mean, what did you make of what he said? Because I just find his interventions fascinating. I mean, he he does come out. In some cases, he still does have quite a good grasp of things. In other cases, he just really, really doesn't. And I guess one of those is in self awareness. But I mean, what did you make of his? Uh, <laughs> What do you make of his interventions? Well, I certainly, I mean, it was it was quite instructive watching my Twitter feed after it. And I think it, it said a lot about who I follow, that if my Twitter feed was representative, then the entire country agrees with him. Um, you know, he, I think what... Who are you following? There's, there's, <laughs> there's, uh, well, but, but, but that's the point, agrees with what he's saying. I mean, I think oh, you, oh, okay, you, yeah, you, yeah. you alluded to it there. And the, the point is... Um, there is very obviously amongst political commentators and probably among amongst uh, parts of the public. No, OK, let me rephrase that. Amongst political commentators, there is a knowledge that nobody is very well making, uh, it, as well as Blair is the case against Brexit or for a second referendum and so on. I think that is an argument that the public generally are not particularly thinking of at the moment but my my feeling and you know this is this is just a feeling that were there to be an untainted version of Blair someone with with his his gift who wasn't him making those kind of arguments to the public then they he would or she would create the demand create the market for these kind of arguments now at the moment nobody is um you know if you if you look around at the field then there's really only one or two uh, people I could think of who who could potentially do that, and and they're not. Um, so who are, who are they? let's play yeah. the game? Who who are those people? Because well, I can only think yeah. of Chukramuna, and I don't know well, whether I don't know whether he'd land very well with it. I mean, or maybe Sadiq Khan, to be honest, but I don't know if you can do that from uh, the mayoralty. Maybe well, you can. Interesting, you say that. I mean, the one that struck me was Ruth Davidson. Um, right. She's obviously in Scotland demonstrated her ability to to connect with a wide range of people and and rebuild a toxic brand. Um, I mean, she obviously doesn't want to. She's got the 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 bat. What might prove to be the biggest battle of her life to fight in Scotland now, and she obviously doesn't want to come down and start fighting for uh, for the, the UK to stay in the EU at the same mm. time. So. This is kind of a, a moot point, uh, naming her. But I mean, it just goes to show that we sort of have to look back at the toxic figure who left power a decade ago and uh, say, well, no one else is making the arguments with the clarity that he is. Yeah, but Iraq <laughs> seems to be the seems well, to be the response. I mean, there you go. And and you know, and and a lot of people now think that they opposed Iraq at the time 
a lot of the who clearly didn't if you look at the difference between the polls so um you know i guess it's very difficult to see blair having any chance of rebuilding his reputation i think i mean certainly yeah. any time soon he's sort of it feels like anything that's going to come from him is largely toxic I mean, what he needed to do, and it's, hindsight is always brilliant, but what he needed to do, I think, when he left office was to choose what he was going to be rather than try and be lots of different things and maybe focus on things that it's very hard for his own side to disagree with. So, for example, I mean, David Miliband, okay, he's a bit of a joke now, but yeah, he focuses on refugees a lot, doesn't he? And like, it's very hard for people on the left to sort of, to sort of sneer at David Miliband when he's the most most of the campaigning you see him doing is about, you know, uh, refugees welcome, um, we're going to be open and tolerant and that sort of thing. Um, maybe if Blair had picked things on the centre-left that were kind of undeniably... Uh, well, who, who, who in the centre-left disagrees with peace in the Middle East, Kieran? <laughs> well, I used to think Tony Blair, but um, anyway, no, um, and I just don't think he's managed to do that. He's sort of stood on his... He's sort of lectured from afar... Um, refused to criticise Trump and May, and he just doesn't seem to understand why he's so unpopular. I mean, I wonder actually whether, if, if, if rather than actually contribute to the debate, he actually hurts his own cause because you know he gives passionate Brexiters an easy, easy, easy response whenever he comes out and makes, in some cases, quite sensible points about Brexit. Um, but then, but then these people can come out on the airwaves and say, "Oh well, this is Tony Blair. Who cares what he thinks?" Whereas maybe from another voice. Maybe it's to the card. I've sort of convinced myself. Yeah, of that. I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I agree with that because I think uh, that would be the case if he was so widely heard and was so overwhelmingly the voice of of Remain. I mean, okay, when when he pops up and makes an intervention, he dominates the news for a day or so. But mm. I think largely the the function that he is performing. Okay, he he get he gets a lot of stick and um, you know, it, uh, obviously every individual intervention looks pretty pretty nasty and like it's not going down well but what he proves through making the case that pretty much no one else is making is that there is it is possible to make an intelligent articulate case for this thing that a large proportion of the population still supports that is an underserved market and i think i don't think he is sucking up all of the oxygen in that space i think if if he was doing this day in day out and he was the only person who was ever saying it then i think that would be the case but i think he is his interventions are, are few and far enough between that that's probably not an issue i think final couple of minutes on the tories because i mean it has been a bad week for them hasn't it with their um internal fighting over philip hammond slash brexit um really sort of bub bubbling over hasn't it hasn't it and you know i commented on twitter at the weekend you know with all this briefing against Hammond, either Theresa May is trying to stiff her chancellor and can't, or, or she's lost control of, of party discipline. And we all know what happens to parties that get divided, um, particularly conservative parties over Europe. So it doesn't look good for them, does it? Yeah, um, well, I suppose two, two things. I mean, look, on the one hand, they are within one or two or three points of Labour um, when they're this divided and they've had such a terrible election and they, they all seem to be fighting each other. So they're not going to mind that much if this is as bad as it gets. But obviously, it could it could continue to uh, get worse. Um, and the other the other thought is being being the uh, the kind of kind of cool guy that I am. I was rereading uh, David Cameron's um, when was it two thousand and seven leadership speech at the Tory party conference where he talked about stopping banging on about Europe. And uh, that worked. <laughs> uh, yeah, it just just 
just goes to show how uh, a lot of hard work that someone can put in, uh, they can, uh, well, it can completely be undone. You might say they might completely undo it themselves, but uh, yeah, um, it's a problem that doesn't go away. Vote blue, grow green doesn't isn't something we hear very much of anymore. But that's all, all we've got time for this week, Leo. I enjoyed your company as ever. Um, thanks, everyone, uh, for listening in. If you do like what you hear on the Political Betting Polling Matters podcast, please do share us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and the like. It really helps get our voice out there. If you really like what we hear, do give us a, uh, do subscribe to us on iTunes and other podcast apps. Maybe even give us a five-star rating and a comment. The algorithm gods deem it though thus that you have to do that to get us up the charts, and that's what helps get us new listeners. And even now, uh, a couple of years in, we still do uh, get comments from new listeners every now and then, so that's really nice. Um, but for now, thanks for listening, and stay tuned for more Polling Matters episodes in the coming weeks.